Golf Balls Podcast. Ben and Chris, this is um, episode 12. Pretty sweet week. I'm not going to lie. When we had the, the idea for the podcast, this person is the person I, I was like, we have to get this guy on. I'm, I read about him in Golf Magazine a year or two ago. Well, you told me about him, and then we, like, there was no chance. Like, he's not, he doesn't do interviews a lot. And it's because he's busy, because he he's like our hero. Like, So he runs, he's the president and co-founder of the Mediocre Golf Association. I'm still like... John, it's cool. John Morley, uh, El Presidente, co-founder. Uh, before you listen, why don't you head over to golfballspodcast.com. Check out our affiliate partners. We know things are tight right now. There's great deals. We appreciate you listening. So without further ado... Benjamin, here is Golf Balls Podcast, Episode 12. The Mediocre Golf Association President Co-Founder, John Morley. From the GolfBallsPodcast.com studios, it's Golf Balls Podcast with Ben Friend. I think I could get it up. And Chris Daniels. What the? I, I can't find it. Golf Balls Podcast, we are back, episode, I think we're on episode 12 12 here, and we are, we're pretty stoked, because we have a gentleman who is like our crappy golfer hero, John Morley, the president, co-founder of the Mediocre Golf Association. Hey John, how you doing? I'm doing kind of all right. That's about all I can say right now. (laughs) Yeah, it's not good. Where are where are you uh, located during this whole? I don't even know what the word would be. Let's call it pandemic. Uh, I am in my apartment, as instructed, in San Francisco, also MGA World Headquarters, uh, and you know it's we're supposed to shelter in place here, so I'm getting a ton of MGA stuff done, which is good because I've been been on the road a lot up until this point, but. Uh, yeah, so I'm I'm making good use of this. I mean, obviously, I'm talking to you guys. Yeah, I think uh, I think that's a great use of my time, right? <laughs> we greatly appreciate it. What are you guys doing as far as how how far have you had to push back all of your uh, let's call it field work and tournament type stuff now with uh, everything that's been going on? Yeah, it's it's all falling apart as we speak. Everyone is is freaking out. So we've got close to seventy chapters out there. And there's a there's a private group in Facebook for the chapter leaders to usually have a lot of fun and enjoy uh, talking crap about our members. But now we're just all in panic mode trying to reschedule all of our tournaments because all the golf courses are closing. So uh, at this point, what I'm doing, I just moved our first tournament and moved that to May. And we're going to start with our second tournament. And then I'm just going to keep doing that. <laughs> keep keep rotating through the tournaments and then just cram them all in once we're able to get back out there and golf because I have a feeling the first thing people are going to want to do when they're allowed to leave their houses out here is go hang out with their buddies on a golf course. So I don't think it'll be an issue getting them all in. What is the Mediocre Golf Association? Yeah, good. <laughs> I'll start good, with that. <laughs> good starting point. All right. So uh, what we are, we are a league of 70-ish chapters. We all play the same eight events. So came up with this in 2006 with my buddy, uh, co-founder, Straight Willie Dills. Uh, my name is John Lucky Kick Morley, El Presidente, <laughs> as you said. And yeah, it started out as a joke. 
And I like to take jokes too far. And now we've taken it to 2,200 members, 70 chapters, and a world championship in Vegas every November that had uh, 340 people last year. So uh, it's, it's really, it's spiraled out of control in the best way possible. And we have an amazing group of chapter leaders now uh, who are out there, you know, given all the mediocre golfers a place to play and you know, all, all the tournaments are takeoffs of PGA tour events. So the first tournament of the year that was supposed to happen next weekend for us out here is the rebel beach Am-Am because obviously there's no pros in the MGA. So it's an Am-Am team event. And then of course, April, instead of the masters, we have the bastards and so on. So we'll probably be starting our season with the bastards out here where we'll give away the coveted blue trucker cap. <laughs> awesome. So who can join the MGA? It's open to, to anybody. Real, I mean, so a couple things. Mediocre is definitely uh, defined differently by different people. I have people who reach out and they, they keep telling me how great it is. They're so excited to join. They want to start their own chapter and then they'll tell me, yeah, no, I'm, I'm terrible. I, I haven't uh, shot under 75 in a couple of weeks. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. That's, <laughs> that's not mediocre. That might be a mediocre pro. But uh, we define mediocre, an excellent mediocre golfer, as a bogey golfer, right? Like that's, that's the line in the sand. That's where we feel most amateurs can get to with practice. So that's about what's going to win our tournament. So we kind of handicap to that. So if you're better than an 18 handicap, you get penalty strokes. So just straight up, if I shoot a, you know, if I'm a 15 handicap, I'm going to get three penalty strokes because 15 plus three equals 18. We keep it pretty simple. We like and that over here, by the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so if I shoot like an 83, then I'll add my three penalty strokes. I've got an 86 on the day. And actually that, that'd have a pretty good chance of winning in the MGA. But if you are in 18 or worse, uh, which I very briefly did my research on you guys, very briefly, I seem to remember one of you being much worse than an 18. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. And uh, if I you're worse, that. you just got to get better. We don't, we don't help people with handicaps because we think if you, if you practice – and you really try, you could probably get to about an eight. <laughs> I'm dying no. right now. Did you call him before? No, I didn't say anything. I think he must have seen it on the site. Yeah. I'm like a, I'm like a 26 or like 28 somewhere in there. But that's you know I've only been playing yeah. seriously for like a year. So um, exactly, you, you get to an 18. I'm certain. I'm oh I'm I'm gonna. That's now that I know that you and your friend exist, I no longer have to strive for anything higher than 18. Once again, just like high well, school, I'm never... going for like a C average here is where I'm going for. Exactly. Yeah. Why, why strive when you can just coast in and be happy? <laughs> so we're in the Northeast and I did a little research and the closest chapter to us would be Boston, correct? We have one yeah, in Boston? Yeah. Okay. So when you guys say you do the same events... Do, would they travel everywhere and try to play? Do you guys try to go to each event or do they do their home events and then everyone kind of meets up at the world, uh, the one in uh, Vegas at the end? Yeah. Everybody, for the most part, just plays the eight tournaments in their local chapter. You are allowed to, you know, with an MGA membership, which it's 40 a year to be an MGA member, and that that lets you play in the tournaments. Obviously, you have to pay 
for the tournaments, but they are, you know, the, the chapter leaders, the, they, they all do this out of the goodness of their heart, frankly. And the tournaments are basically green fees plus, plus a little bit usually, uh, but nothing like, you know, it, it depends on the area. Typically around here, we're doing like $60 tournaments, uh, Florida, it, they're, they're just like, are you insane? Their tournaments are $20 or something. I mean, it's just crazy how different golf costs, but what I'm getting at is we're probably the cheapest tournament game in town. Yeah. So no. anyway, guys play, play in their local chapter. And then of course there's, there's a money list. I mean, we got to keep track of who's, who's the best of the kind. All right. So, you know, each tournament has a purse. If the master's purse is $9 million, our purse for the bastards is $9. <laughs> That's a big one right there, man. That's the one to play in. In, in, in quotes, there's no actual money. That <laughs> That's absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Anywhere it says money on the site, there's quotes. The legal team is very adamant about that. <laughs> This sounds like something that I could do and I can get away with being like, you know, I play on a tour and that just makes me sound cool to all my friends, you know, especially since we can't see each other. They can't actually see if I'm actually on a real tour or not anyway. But how did you, how did you make this all happen? You know, I mean, is it all just the goodness out of your heart? It's a big deal. So how, uh, how do you guys make it all financially work? Right. So when it, when it started, I was just doing it for fun. I was making trophies in my kitchen and just just doing it for a good time. And then same, same thing. I would mark up the, the tournament fees just a little bit, just to, you know, so I could play a free round of golf as I organized the tournaments for my friends. So then some guys reached out to us from Seattle, uh, our second, our first expansion chapter, the chapter leaders, Aaron Regan, he's still doing it started in 2009. And he, he, saw our myspace page <laughs> that's how old we're going PMG. all the way back to myspace bro that's yeah i remember yeah. those days and uh and he reached out he's like hey man i want to do this and so at that point i'm like all right well i'm not gonna go into debt for this but hey let's let's uh i said i'll make two tr- two sets of trophies sell you those at cost uh to make it as cheap as possible for him. And then his members uh, sign up through the MGA. And that was essentially how I would be paid for my time for making those extra trophies. And that, that became the model. And that's, that's what it is. Like every, it's still the model. If a chapter wants to start that the chapter leader pays for the trophies and, and there's now we're big enough that I'm able to do trophy discount like if they get enough members, they can get the pack for free the following year. But, you know, we had to get to a certain size where there was enough money coming in to be able to do that. But still, for the most part, and I tell the chapter leaders this when they get into it, like they're just doing this because they want to have fun with their friends and want to have some a cool structure and, and group to be a part of and a hell of a party at the end of the year in Vegas. I mean, it just gets better every year. Where do you play in Vegas? We've moved around a bit. Typically, courses put up with us for about three years. <laughs> no, actually, they they love us because our bar tabs we set records every. Yeah. We we try to warn them every year. They never have enough. Frankly, we we've been playing recently at Revere, which is in Henderson, and it's a great course. They got thirty six holes, and we only outgrew it last year. I sold out in four hours, two hundred eighty players in four hours, and then I had to find another course to to. Uh, to get the rest of the people out there. We went to Chimera for the 
the overflow. So 280, that's that's at the, the championship at the end. The typical tournament, the local at the local level, how many players do you have in the field? That really varies. That is, um, the so the, cha- the chapter where the world champion came from this last year, this is amazing. He is, uh, he, when I presented the world championship belt to him, obviously it's a giant wrestling belt. <laughs> uh, I was able to say that he finished last on his money list. He was the second best member of his family in the chapter. And he finished third on that money list as well. (laughs) So it was a three person chapter, which is definitely the smallest chapter in the MGA. And that was in uh, central coast of California. But then we had another chapter just go insane last year. Uh, North Dallas had a hundred and, 15 players or so first chapter break 100 players so anyways the average to to get around to answering your question i'd say the average field is around 24 like that's really the ideal size some are bigger some are smaller but i say that because that's the size of our chapter and everything i do is right now i didn't i did notice on the site (laughs) that one thing is not permitted and i want to know how you enforce the no douchebags rule okay (laughs) That that gets a lot harder when you get over a hundred players in your chapter. Let me say that. Yeah. Uh, you know, we're <laughs> really. I think the the rule of thumb, as long as people, that's always been a rule. By the way, it's yeah. very. It is a very important rule, and the recommendation is called the nine HDB rule, which is nine hole douchebag rule. So, <laughs> You're ideally, have to explain that to us as we. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> ideally you play at least nine holes with someone before even mentioning the MGA because people, douchebags especially, have a way of being pretty cool for about nine holes. And then one little thing goes wrong and they just lose their or they just start slowing down. I mean, there's a lot of ways people can be douchebags on a golf course or in general. And typically it takes at least nine holes for their true colors to come out. So if you make it through 18 holes with someone and you still are having a good time playing with them, that's when you tell them about the MGA. I think our, you know, our grandfather's golf was a lot of those douchebag type guys. I think that scared a lot of people off. Now it seems to be a little bit more inclusive, you know, it's maybe becoming a little bit younger. I mean, up until the last couple of weeks when no one's playing golf, but Right. I mean, when you get out there and you pay, because everybody pays to play golf, it's it's not a cheap venture, and you get stuck with right. someone who is just, just grinding, man. Like it is, <laughs> it makes you just want to pick up and go home and tell your mom that you spent your allowance on something more productive than golf. <laughs> <laughs> what do you guys have planned for the future as far as growth? How many countries are you in? Uh, we're in just three now. We've kind we've had a few international chapters come and go. It doesn't. It doesn't seem to work as well. Golf is a little different uh, in Europe, um, and they still take it a little more seriously. Now, obviously, Australia, it's worked out great because they take nothing seriously. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, we've got a Perth chapter down there. We have one in Tasmania, and they're, they're excellent. We've had more down there, but some chap, you know, chapters come and go. Sometimes there's definitely the, the diehard committed ones. So, anyway, Australia, Canada – and the U.S. at this point, I think. Oh, no, uh, Scotland. Oh. Just got one in Scotland last year. He he tried to start middle of the year, didn't make it work, but he's going to do it this year. So that's kind of cool to be 
be over there. I think they play golf there. Yeah, I think they played once or twice over there. I yeah. imagine that the the European style they have like an old timey style of playing. But is there anything before we let you go that you wanna let everybody know about that's coming up? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, I mean, really, we just hope to get back out there at this point. We've got probably six new chapters that have signed up for this year. And one of them is in Cleveland. And he, he was, uh, all off season, he was building the ranks. So he's got like 70 players to start his season, which is insane. And now he's not able to, to get started. So it's killing him. So we just want to get out there and definitely as soon as uh, as it's smart to have gatherings of people together again and the courses are open, yeah. that's when we'll we'll get back out there. So I definitely encourage anyone who's looking to, to get out there and play some golf with some like-minded, fun people who are just out there to have a good time. We, we take it seriously. We play by all the rules. We finish every putt. And we do want to win. We are trying our best. We're not coasting. We're just not that good. Come join us. <laughs> 1997 to now. Has it yeah, got better? Tell him. Has tell it? him you got your best score ever. Oh, Hollywood Beach Golf Club in Florida. 110 last week. That happened. Oh, this week. That was this week. Monday. Yeah, Chris got his best score, 110. The ball's already on the rack on display. So is this? <laughs> so he's down to caddy for me when I joined the MGA. Is what we're saying. What happened? What? Oh, he's gonna caddy for you. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I'll have him caddy with that one ten. The one the, I, I freaked good. out a little it was bit. Good man. I told right. I told the I told the starter. I said, I said this is my best round ever. He's like, oh, it's great, man. He goes, how'd you do? I said, a one ten. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he looks at me like, get out of here, man. He's sitting home in his apartment, quarantine, still thinking about it. What happened? What was the key to your success that day? I mean, what was not sucking as badly. I, I just making the second shot. I'm gonna put. I'm gonna put a picture of it on the Instagram so everyone can see it. I guess oh, the, sure. I guess. <laughs> All, All right. right, John. All right, John. Thank John you so Morgan much, man, for coming from the in. Uh, Mediocre Golf Association. Thanks for joining us on Golf Balls Podcast. Thanks, and, guys. Uh, All right, man. Good luck and stay safe. Thank you. You too. Golfballspodcast.com.